Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, registered dietitian and weight loss BFF, Lauren Hubert. Growing up as a woman, I was told that you can't care about your looks, wear whatever you want, and be successful. But honey, let me give it to you real. You can have it all. I believe women can embody strength, sexuality, and power all at the same time. And in fact, I know the harder you feel, the more successful you will be. Each week, we are changing the narrative that women can be hot and successful at the same damn time and do it in a healthy way. Hey, babes, and welcome back to another episode of the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I am super excited and feel really called for today's episode because as you guys know, if you guys have been listening to the TSN podcast for a hot minute, you know that I am one of those dietitians that has honestly found myself wedged in a place that never really existed a few years ago. And what I mean by this is as a former athlete, as someone who really values hard work, I believe those who work hard may get the farthest in life and you may be blessed and have privilege in certain areas, but I do really value hard work. And that is so incredibly important to how I coach my clients. At the same time, my experience in my master's degree, really focusing on disordered eating, eating disorders, understanding that realm of things, body positivity, health at every size. And, and that coupled with my own experiences dieting as a collegiate sorority girl, which you know created this whole madness of TSN, I felt really conflicted because I really understand that intentional weight loss, depending on your mindset in certain areas of things, may not be beneficial for all individuals out there. And I am very blunt that TSN and the work I do is for a specific type of woman who has dieted. She does not have an eating disorder, but has dieted, maybe has disordered eating because of what we're told as normal and what has been normalized in our dieting culture. That is this huge billion on billion dollar industry. At the same time, I cannot stand this dieting is bad, weight loss is bad, losing weight for any intentional purposes to change your body is bad narrative, because I do believe there is a middle ground between the two. And that's what I hope to foster here at the sorority nutritionist and the work I do with my clients. And that brings me to today's podcast episode where I want to sit down take a moment with you babes and really talk about the nuances that I began to talk about in one of my Instagram posts recently, but specifically on the fact that we're told 95% of diets fail or put it this way, 95% of people who follow diet programs, they fail the diet program and they gain that weight back. And this statistic really leads people to think intentional weight loss is harmful It is dangerous and it straight up just doesn't work. Whereas the sorority nutritionist, as a registered dietitian talking about intentional weight loss all the damn time, I truly don't agree with this statistic. But, you know, it's one thing for me to disagree with something. It's another thing for us to have a conversation about it and actually understand this research study and understand what this really means using not only my experiences working with women who have not just lost weight, but have truly changed their habits. But this research study to me as a clinician really brings up an important and very powerful question about how we view dieting, not only in the United States, but really around the world globally, how we pursue weight loss and 
the types of programs and methods that you're following have to be studied alongside them working. So I really hope this podcast inspires you. If you are one of those individuals, if you're a fit babe wanting to be an epic fit babe, you you don't feel quite fit right yet and that's okay. But if you are trying to intentionally change your body composition and you're failing over and over and over again, TSN is for you, but especially this podcast episode is for you because we need to break down the statistic of 95% of diets failing and you failing those diet programs and what's really going on there. But as always, before we dive into today's episode, a little bit of housekeeping, and I got to ask you to do a quick favor. If you're listening to this episode, which you are, if you're listening to this right now, I totally hope that you are enjoying all things the Sorority Nutritionist podcast and you are getting value from the, the preaching that I'm doing on here in real talk. And if you are getting value and you are enjoying the TSN podcast, if you could please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and also subscribe so you never miss an episode, I would so appreciate appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. So I know you are enjoying the platform. You're enjoying all of my real talk with you, babes. And most importantly, you're getting value so I can keep making sure I am showing up for you in the same way. Okay, babes, buckle up. It's time to dive into today's episode. So I wanted to first start off this conversation walking you babes through this 95% of diets and people who follow diets fail. So I do want to say that this podcast is not designed for clinicians. It's not designed for like a research setting. You know, I obviously understand interpret research. It was a huge part of my master's program, interpreting nutrition research, applying that to my clients, all of that. But I do want to bring in a little bit of research, which I know is a little bit abnormal for this podcast because I'm all about simple tips for you guys and giving you guys the bread and butter of what's most important because you don't have to be a dietitian to understand this stuff. But I do think it's really interesting when we actually look at the research on this statistic and then extrapolate that into all the conversations we're going to have on here today. So back in 1959, There was a study by Dr. Albert Stunkard and Mavis McLaren Hume that studied 100 people at an obesity clinic. And this study basically took individuals that we knew, that the researchers knew, were struggling with their weight, were considered obese, and they were put on a diet plan. Now, what's really, really interesting, and this is actually from the words of Dr. Albert Stunkard himself. These patients not only had a known history of failed weight loss attempts, but they were actually, quote unquote, just given a diet and sent on their way. So as you can already tell, this doesn't seem like a really, not that it really wasn't well executed, but we want to really think about, okay, what type of program were they on? Because you can't talk about diets failing and people failing diet programs without talking about what they're going on, which I know you babes, if you stay around TSN for a hot minute, you know how important this is. Out of these 100 individuals at this obesity clinic, 95 of them, quote unquote, failed the plan. They failed and gained even a pound back. They were considered a failure. But also, what was this type of intervention that they had? Were they given support and counseling? Were they given check-ins? Were they educated on nutrition? Did they talk about their relationship to food? Were these individuals counseled and looked at their lifestyle? And if they travel often, if they have kids, if they're busy, like what happened there? With all this in mind, I bring this up because weight loss programs are not created equal. 
And I know there are many programs out there, which we are going to get into, babes, and many different research out there that shows that dieting in the grand scheme of things does not have a good reputation. We know a lot of times intentional weight loss leads to individuals gaining weight back. That's why there's an entire industry out of this. But I will say the weight loss industry is segmented. There are people and dietitians and clinicians and programs doing amazing work out there that are really impacting people's behaviors and health and lifestyle and happiness when it comes to food and how it pertains to their body weight. There are thousands of individuals that I have had the personal love of coaching where they have lost weight and I follow up with them two, three years, four years later, and they have maintained their weight loss. They've maintained their results. So how is it possible that 95% of people in this particular situation failed and then we're extrapolating that data into all diets fail? And I think that's where we really have to do some critical thinking and understand why diets fail, which is incredibly important for you, babe. So you know, okay, this is why these programs aren't working. And then also think about how this relates to what does work. And for the women and men out there that have kept weight off, that have successfully lost body fat, changed their lifestyle, changed their habits, found balance, have a good relationship to food and body, how did they do it? Because if people are doing it, that is proof that we all can do it. We all can do it. And I'm not going to lie. There are programs and situations you got to ditch. And not everything is going to be the good fit for you. You have to find what works for you. And we're going to get into that. But but I disagree with the statistic that is being perpetuated and always said for why diets suck and don't work that, oh, because 95% of them fail. I mean, bitch, like, does 95% of people fail a diet? Is that really true? I don't think we can extrapolate that from one study. There's ample research, but we got to dive into it deeper. So to really understand where I am coming for and what I am advocating for in today's episode is the statistic 95% of diets fail, or put it this way, 95% of people who follow an intentional weight loss diet fail. I think we have to understand the word diet. And I know if you've listened to anything related to weight loss, you've probably heard a dietitian, nutritionist, even maybe a physician talk about how diet is literally the foods that you eat. But really the misnomer here is diet programs. And this statistic, the way individuals use it in our culture currently and on social media as a fear tactic for why you should avoid any sort of intentional weight loss. It is bad for you. It is harmful. It is dangerous. Do not do it. Well, what does diet program mean? Because different diets make you do different things and they have different ways that they're intervening to change your habits, to change your behaviors and change the way that you eat. When we're talking about diet programs, we really not only have to study weight loss and why individuals gain weight back in the first place, but we also have to talk about the methods you use to lose weight and all the other factors that are going to confound, which basically mean may manipulate without us realizing it, that are going to confound your ability to keep that weight off. Because I have to agree with a lot of the research and reasons behind why people want to end this dieting culture, right? I think we still have to remember that fat loss and body composition change and building muscle and losing weight. There are research that really supports benefits for this in certain scenarios, especially from a medical perspective. 
And when it comes to confidence, I mean, you guys know I'm all about health, but I'm also about confidence and feeling like your best self. And I don't think intentional weight loss is a fast track necessarily to gaining it back. It depends on how you do it, which goes back to our whole point of this little tangent here is about the diets that you're on. We know through a lot of research and my interpretation of it, that when individuals lose weight, many do gain weight back. But I think there also needs to be some segmentation and differentiation of the types of methods and programs that we're doing, which brings me to why diets fail and why this 95% was ever true in this research study. And to be honest, many programs do fail. Many programs fail terribly for my clients, for you out there. And that's why you're listening to this episode, because you want to be part of that 5%. But for you to be part of that 5%, you can't just follow an eating plan. I mean, babes, if I've said it once, I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to probably say it again after this. How you change your diet is not created equal for weight loss. How fast you lose weight is not created equal. I've talked about it on a prior episode. How fast you lose weight, and if you're losing weight more up, more than the upper end of 1% of your body weight, you're losing that per week, you're on a fast track to lose more muscle mass and not just metabolically impact your chance of weight regain, but also what it takes for you to lose that much weight so quickly, it's going to be more restrictive. And it's probably the method that you're following there, which is why I really promote small calorie deficits that have been shown in research to be more effective for changing your body composition and keeping your muscle mass. That coupled with protein and actually understanding what's in your food. But when we look at the research on like that 5%, the people who do sustainably lose weight, change their body composition and keep the weight off, not just for a few months, but for six months, a year, even longer than that, there are a few things that are really important that you have to get in check that makes your program successful. One of them is something called cognitive restraint, which basically means when you are trying to lose weight, there has to be some give or take, whether that's you tracking your food, flexibly dieting, approaching this in a very fun manner, being in a slight deficit, tracking your calories, having that awareness of that, which we use at TSN. Another thing too is also like cutting out food groups, which you guys know I am not a proponent of that. I think doing it the fun way by actually understanding what's in your food and learning how to fit in this is really important for that long-term success because that's also a big reason why diets fail because people give up things 100% and then totally crash diet and it's not going to work for them long-term. But in some way, shape, or form, we know that there has to be give and take with dieting. And I don't like to use the word restrictive. There has to be some sort of caloric restriction. There has to be some give or take, but we have to do it in a way that doesn't feel like, oh my God, I'm starving because you should not be starving when you lose weight, but there has to be give and take to allow you to eat less than what you burn, but do it in a way that is fun and easy for you, which that takes work. That takes work. That takes strategy. That takes mindset and that takes consistency to be able to do this. In addition, we find the people who do keep this weight off and for you babes that are hoping not to fail at dieting this time around, we have to understand how self-monitoring and how you monitor your food intake moving forward is reasonable because you can lose this weight following a program, but what about sustainability? And that's why sustainability has to be coupled into your diet plan which was not done in this original research study. And I know it's not done in the way most individuals do try to lose weight without, you know, the work of a dietitian or someone coaching you along the way. And that's why as you're losing weight, you know, you might have to be more disciplined and focused and, you know, there might have to be a little bit more give and take as you're changing habits, which doesn't necessarily have to be restrictive habits. But when you change habits, there is going to be some push and pull because it will feel weird for you. 
But at the same time, for you to keep this weight off, how are you going to monitor your intake? And that's why we do find many individuals who do consistently weigh themselves, whether weekly and especially daily, do have the best chance of keeping their weight off. Now, I will say I do not weigh myself personally. I think for many of the women I coach, it is not necessary to keep the weight off. And I also don't track my calories till this day. There are times I do it to like check in with myself, especially because I love nutrition. I do go to the gym. I want to make sure I am getting plenty of protein. But how can we make sure that the way that you're eating, the habits that you develop, whether you're continuously tracking your food, being aware of it, or we're segueing you off of tracking in a more mindful eating environment with a little bit of structure with mealtimes and when you're eating, how can we get you to this place? Because that is going to increase your chance of actually keeping this weight off because many people do not keep the weight off because they follow the plan, but then the plan isn't monitored and flexibly changed to fit you and your body up upon losing the weight and how you're going to basically keep it off. So to summarize so far for a brief little intermission, it is no wonder why 95% of these participants failed their freaking diet plan because it was not personalized to them. Not that you need a coach or need to be counseled, but there was no support. And we know when you feel supported, whether it is with friends and a community like the babes inside of the membership, whether it is with a coach and especially a registered dietitian that specializes in weight loss and body composition change, and you have someone helping you out through that process, you're going to do better. You're going to stick to the program more. But we also talked about maintenance and how, yes, how you lose weight may be a little bit different than how you maintain your results because you can't keep losing weight forever. But I think a really important concept that goes with this topic that I actually recently shared with a client and it you know goes perfect with this episode today is this idea of being fit as a lifestyle. Now, I do think many programs and many cringy diets as a dietitian, I look on TV and I'm like, ooh, that's being marketed as a lifestyle now. I mean, bitch, you are not a lifestyle. You are a diet with a good and bad foods list and you're, you're doing more harm than good. So I call it as it is. And that's why I am really conscious on using that word lifestyle because it is a little bit cringeworthy to me. However, I do believe fitness. And when I say fitness, I also mean just being fit meaning pairing exercise and diet together is a lifestyle. And what I mean by this is on your weight loss journey, you may be working towards a specific number. You're going to begin your journey. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds. I think I want to be this weight. I felt comfortable and confident at it before it It's going to feel like a healthy body weight for me. I care about my body composition and losing fat and like feeling my best, whatever it could be. You have these initial goals. As you lose weight, no matter if it's five or 10 pounds, or you are trying to lose 50 or a hundred pounds, listen up. This is important, babes. No matter what your goal is, you're going to lose that weight. But the real work actually begins when you hit that quote unquote goal weight. Or if you change your composition in whatever way, and even if it's not a goal weight, it's like an aesthetic goal, the real work is how do you maintain it? And I think that's part of this conversation that's really lacking in the weight loss and intentional dieting space because one, not all goal weights and goals are are realistic, right? I am not a bodybuilding coach, but let me tell you, I've worked with women with really low body fat percentages that they were never going to maintain that. One, because the the intentional way they lost weight and, and lost body fat was really unsustainable for them but also because their body fat was too low. And that was a weight that was not going to be comfortable for their body. And every body is different. So everybody and every body needs to be customized and you have to really pair your goals with what's realistic for you. At the same time, not only do you have to match the result of what you're having there, but that's when the real work begins. 
because you also have to change your habits as you reach this level of maintenance to figure out how to flexibly live your life with food. And the really fucking hard thing about food is the fact that you have to eat every single day. Say you eat three meals and two snacks every single day. That coupled with going on vacations, going out, getting older, life getting crazy, life changes. I mean, so much impacts our food choices, but it is a habit that I know confidently for the rest of your goddamn life, you're going to need to eat. You're going to need to make food choices. And that's the thing. You cannot escape this. When you are losing weight, you may want to not think about this right now, but you cannot escape it. For the rest of your life, you need to make food choices. And I'm not saying it to overwhelm you. I'm saying it because this is where the lifestyle and habit conversation is so important. Things may be marketed as a lifestyle, but you need to actually think about your lifestyle as it relates to whatever changes that you're making, right? You need to make sure what you're doing is something you can stick to. And yes, there are certain things that serve you at certain times that you may not do forever that will help you lose weight. One of them could be tracking calories. One of them could be exercising in a certain way and doing lots of cardio. But a really common story that I can really speak on my behalf of, because I know this happened to me and it happens to many of my clients. Many of my clients start their journey doing cardio, walking, running, doing, you know, tracking on my fitness pal, hitting their calories, focusing on food and like learning, right? But then they reach a point on their journey, especially that last five, 10, 15 pounds. And when they realize, oh my God, like for me to get to this next level, continuing not just lose weight, but to change my body composition. I want to shape my body. Oh, wow. I have to go to the gym. I have to start lifting weights. And oh, wow. Like I can't just focus on calories. I have to focus on what I'm eating there. And that's why I think there's like new levels to your fitness journey. And sometimes you're at the top of the level. Sometimes you're going back down. You're being more flexible, right? You're not like set in stone. But what I will say is as you are fit, this lifestyle that we're creating for you, it's a mindset. It's a way of living. It's a way of life but it isn't a diet. And when I hear 95% of diets fail, I first think, you know, not all diets necessarily fail, but I think it's also the diets failing to educate you on what is really necessary to lose weight and keep it off. And I have to be honest, after you lose this weight, you do have to work at keeping it off. It should feel easy. It shouldn't stress you out. It should be a thing that is not hard for you to follow, but don't get it twisted. Just because something isn't hard and you're constantly obsessing over it, that doesn't mean it doesn't take intention and effort. And if you lose weight the wrong way, don't expect to just be in this happy place of, oh, wow, keeping it is so easy to keep off. No, you'll then have to unlearn all that bullshit that that diet taught you and then learn how to keep it off. So the conversation needs to switch from, oh my God, diets don't work, to why don't they work? What is going on here? Because if people can lose weight and keep it off, what am I doing that isn't aligned? And unfortunately, there's no one size fits all answer. We're going on these programs at mass volume. These individuals are going on programs all throughout the bajillion dollar diet industry, right? That's not a statistic, guys. But we're going on these programs and they're cookie cutter basic shit. And then we see the statistic, oh, wow, they fail. But I'm just sitting here, and I'm sure other of my colleagues feel the same. I'm sitting back looking at it all, and I'm like, of course they failed. Of course they failed. And you know, I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg for you babes today. 
but it really brings up an important conversation for you, babe. This this podcast is about you. How are you going to keep the weight off? How are you going to feel good in your body? How are you going to implement everything that you've learned about the science behind weight loss and fat loss and feel good about these changes and make them fit easily and funly, that's not a word, funly, into your life? And it begins at this statistic, 95% of diets fail. I don't agree with this statistic, but if we take it at face value, what makes those 5% succeed? Why are you unable to keep that weight off? Have you assessed your habits and the programs you've been on before? As you lose weight, are you talking about mindset? Are you putting in journaling work? Are you thinking about what you're eating and actually understand why you're fueling your body in a certain way? Or are you looking for quick results? Are you looking to follow something? Are you looking for shortcuts and the easy way out? Are you frustrated and you're looking for something to grasp onto for you to see results? Are you blaming your metabolism or body? Or are you actually putting in the work to understand what it takes to shed body fat, put on muscle, and change your composition? This shit is not easy. This shit is complicated. It's more than just you following a program and seeing results. Because so many things impact your ability to shed body fat and shed weight. At the end of the day, it's complicated. But just because something is complicated and impacted by so many different lifestyle factors does not make it impossible. In fact, it makes it really empowering, which is what I want to leave you with today. It is empowering to know that you can lose weight. There is a 5% of people, even in this shitty-ass diet program from this research study, that were able to lose weight. And while every person is different, the fact that so much of your lifestyle habits go into this really shows me and it shows you and it shows the world that it is possible to be successful at quote unquote dieting. But I think it begins with not viewing this as a diet, not even saying the word dieting. You need to change your habits. And I know so many people say this out there. This whole lifestyle change is a cringeworthy thing. I think the diet industry has really taken on, but it is possible to change your habits, because it is never too late to change your lifestyles. It's never too late to change how you view situations, how you view the food that you're eating, how you view your exercise routine, and also pairing that with a little bit of tough love and discipline and knowing that sometimes you do have to show up in certain ways, but you have to go about this holistically or girlfriend, it's just going to be another fad. Mm -hmm.